0: Well, certainly is good to be with you all here. And uh, thank you all for praying for me. Appreciate that very much. Uh, it was an emotional past couple of days. Uh, on Thursday morning, I unplugged from my infusion pump for the last time. After 210 days, my uh, last PET scan was completely clear. And uh, they've done some tests with some specialized blood tests that they do to test for DNA and mutations and all that kind of stuff. And uh, all three of the tests came back negative, which this time negatives are positive. So we like that. Uh, So Friday I went and had the port pulled out. So I'm now portless as well. And uh, you don't realize how much... All that attachment is stuff you get used to, and then you don't have to deal with anymore. It's like, you know, I can tuck my shirt in and wear pants with a belt. Little stuff like that that you can now do because I'm not carrying this infusion pump with a hose around it that's constantly pumping medication into my system. But thank you all uh, very much for your prayers and your part in my journey through that cancer. Uh, Tonight, we're talking about uh, the third Sunday of Advent, which we lit the shepherd's candle. And we're looking at Jesus' birth, but we're looking at it through the eyes of the shepherds. And I always think it's interesting part of the story when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... Luke is the only one who talks about the shepherds. Matthew doesn't mention them. Mark doesn't. And John doesn't. John doesn't record the birth of our Lord either because that wasn't his purpose. But in Luke, remember Luke's occupation? He was a doctor. He paid attention to details. Births were real important for Dr. Luke. And so he's chronicling chronicling all these details and he was also a historian who liked to get the details down. And he was able to talk to people who were there. So my hunch is Luke was out and he didn't have a recorder like Carl just hooked up, but he was out there interviewing some shepherds who were in the fields and go, okay, tell me what it was like. Tell me what you experienced. That's how he recorded what happened. And notice what it says. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Then the angels left. Think about that experience. You're out in the night sky. And if you go out go out tonight, it's pretty dark out there. We have light pollution because we have lights. If you're out in the field with sheep in the first century, there's no light pollution anywhere. There's no lights. about. There might be a little flicker from a fire that a shepherd started to keep warm, but there's no lights at all. And I, I've been in around Bethlehem, I've been in the Judean wilderness, and let me tell you, even today in the Judean wilderness, when it gets dark, it's so dark, you you can't see your hand in front of your face. There's no light. So these guys are taking care of their sheep, just doing business, and an angel shows up. You realize this does not happen very often. In the scriptures, this is, this is not a regular occurrence. Sometimes we think that. Oh, here's another angel showing up. Uh, no, this is a rarity. But in the middle of a dark, dark night, an angel shows up. Oh, and he lights up the sky. It's not like a helicopter flying over with, you know, searchlight. It says, he lights up the sky. And what is the response from the shepherds? terrified. You would be too. Because you'd be sitting there going, what the heck is going on? I've never seen anything like this before. you seen anything like this before? Nope. You? No. They were terrified. And the first thing the angel says is, don't be afraid. (laughs) I mean, isn't that almost laughable? In the middle of the night, bright light. They're terrified. He says, hey, don't be afraid. Do you realize angels do that all the time whenever they do show up? They tell people not to be afraid. Why? Why do you think they tell them not to be afraid? Oh, you can talk to me, by the way. That's okay. They think they're going to die. They think they're gonna die. They've never seen anything like this before. This creature shows up, and there's a bright light. It's been dark, and they don't know what's going to happen next. Like, okay, we're toast for some reason. We're goners. And he tells them, don't be afraid. When you read the Scriptures... There are things that you observe, and we're going to observe some things tonight throughout this passage. I'm going to ask you to pay attention to. When you read the Scriptures and observe something, put on your thinking caps. I know that's an old saying from back when I went to school. But put on your thinking caps and go like, huh, why is that? They show up. Everyone's afraid. They tell them not to be afraid. Aren't angels these Cute little things that show up and have these little wings and just kind of flutter around and all that. No. When you think about it, when angels show up, the reason why people are afraid is because these are ominous beings. They are mighty warriors who show up. It's like it's like you're eye to eye and face to face with somebody who's in the special forces. I mean, they come in all geared up. I mean, they got night vision, they got their helmets on, they got their ARs, they got they have all the weaponry they could use, so to speak. When you see that, you see that probably in some films and things like that. You're like, ooh, I man! If one of those guys came through that back door, you'd be afraid, wouldn't you? Sure, you would especially if you saw a little red laser dot on you. They didn't have anything to compare to except these mighty war this mighty warrior shows up. And they were terrified. Like why are you here with us? And it's the glory of the Lord that shone all around this warrior. The glory of God. They were terrified. He says, don't be afraid. This time, he says, I'm bringing you good news. By the way, you know that's the word for gospel. I'm bringing you the gospel. Excited. The good news of great joy. That's what the theme tonight is. Great joy. Obviously, the greatest joy. That will be for all people, not just for shepherds, not just for kings, not for high people, not low people, not just Jewish people, but for all people globally, all the world. Best news ever. That in the town of David, a Savior is born. And the sign you will have is you will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And if that wasn't enough, this one angel showing up, All of a sudden, the rest of his crew shows up too. You know, a whole group of heavenly hosts. I mean, he's got an army behind him. It's like, you don't mess around with these guys. They show up proclaiming in ways that were unmistakable, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. And then they were gone. Ominous, intimidating creatures. Warriors with wings. So my next observation is, okay, they show up to shepherds. Why shepherds? Makes you think, doesn't it? The king of the universe is showing up tonight. Why are they doing messing around with shepherds? Why are they telling them? They took care of lambs. They provided mutton. <laughs> <laughs> they get around a lot. And they spread the word. They can Spread gossip pretty quick. Oh, spread gossip pretty quick, huh? See, shepherds... They were the only ones outside. They were the only ones hanging out at night, right? Yeah. They were just common country folk. Like all of us, small town country folk. Just taking care of business, normal life, taking care of their sheep, doing what shepherds are supposed to do. Not a glamorous job, but just out doing their job, working third shift. That's what it was. They were often ignored and taken for granted. They were the forgotten providers of wool, mutton, and lamb. They were kind of marginalized people in the first century society. Marginalized people, the group living on the fringe. And nobody listened to shepherds or cared what they thought. Do you realize in that day, shepherds were considered so unreliable that they were not even allowed to testify in court, for whatever reason. If you know, if there was a, a court case and a shepherd goes to testify, the judge would go like, Pfft. "Nope." Uh, they're not known for being real truthful, and so their testimony was very much dismissed. Their voice was dismissed. Nobody cared what a shepherd thought. Their testimony was considered so worthless they could not even be relied on to to testify in court. There were invisible people in the society of that day. Isn't it ironic? The invisible God, the Father, chooses the invisible people of that day to show up and announce the best news ever. Isn't that just like God? He does things differently than what we expect. And people that felt marginalized, people that didn't have a voice, people that nobody cared about really and nobody listened to, often dismissed, treated as just the, the menial labor of society. God's plan was they're going to get the message first. They're going to get the invitation first that my sons arrived on planet earth. When you read the scriptures, sometimes you need to read slowly to let that sink in, to meditate on that. Isn't that amazing? The irony that the king of the universe is coming to earth and it's announced by angelic messengers first, the invisible people that the invisible God was taking on flesh and going to dwell among men. That's just amazing. And that was the father's plan all along. And Jesus later would kind of talk about that in one of his messages. He says in my kingdom, the last will be first. Huh? It kind of led right out of the gate with that. By example, that he shared it with shepherds first. The announcement of a major event that would change the course of human history for all the world forever was brought to you first by a minimized and marginalized group of people. It's just like God to do that, isn't it? Well, the question is, now what? Now that they know, the angels take off. Now it's pitch black, dark again. They probably had to, okay, I got to wait till my eyes adjust so I can see in the dark again. And then they start to pull together and go like, okay, was I hallucinating or did you see that too? Did you get that? Yeah. And they kind of conferred. Yeah, that's what I saw. What did you hear? I heard there's a baby in town in a, in a manger that we're supposed to go check out. He said it's a sign. The sign is you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Who better would know where to find all the mangers in Bethlehem? Shepherds. If you send it to one of the king's messengers, they wouldn't have a clue. You send it to shepherds. And I don't know if they got together and devised a plan and said, okay, there's the one down here on on, uh, Jericho Street. There's the one over here. There's a one out here. And and there's that that crummy little one out there in the cave on the outskirts of town. Let's split up and go check it out and see what we find and they did they didn't waste any time now let's, let's let's go back to that I'll call it a traumatizing event visited by an angel in the middle of the night it was impossible for them to ignore that and it required some type of an active response and their response was okay let's go and they didn't saunter off they hurried off to Bethlehem man they were moving We got to see this. if we got this announcement, we got to see what's going on. God broke through the heavens and brought this message to us. They felt the weight of that. They felt the privilege of that. And so it says they hurried hurried on and they found. And again, how they know where to look? Manger. Check out all the mangers. They knew where to look. And after seeing, it says, seeing the baby, Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, just like God said, which was just like the angel said, which was confirmation after confirmation of the story they heard. Okay. Now we got confirmation. These are the words. Now here's the demonstration. It says they spread the word. Now, remember, nobody believes these guys, right? They're unreliable. Yeah, it's just shepherd talk. No one's going to believe that. But notice the shepherd said, Let's go to Bethlehem. And they went to see what the Lord has told them about. Notice they knew where the message came from it was from God Himself. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph, and the baby he was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen and were just that had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They took off and started blabbing it around everywhere. They couldn't keep quiet. And you were telling everybody, anybody who would listen and probably those who even some who wouldn't, Ah, oh, there's those shepherds again. All says who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They're like, wow. That really went down last night? Yeah, yeah, that's what we experienced. We were out there, and they recounted the whole thing. For a group of people that is normally unseen, invisible, marginalized, who nobody listens to them. We've got an example here. They found their voice. And they used it. They had voices. But they had been so dismissed, so discarded, nobody wanted to listen to them. Yeah, forget about them. Now when they're sharing this, everybody steps back and goes like, whoa. Something really big happened here last night. While we were asleep, something big happened last night. Think of the courage it took for those shepherds to do that. To see, to hear, to rush off, to find, to confirm what was said. Okay, this isn't just some tale. This wasn't a hallucination. This was a real deal something they knew from their upbringing they had been waiting for for centuries. The coming of a Messiah. Isaiah had prophesied it. Other prophets had prophesied it. They knew this. And they got to be the ones that were invited to the front row seats. You see, we think, oh, the, the three kings they came and they brought their awesome gifts of what, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The three kings are nowhere to be found here, by the way. They don't come till later, till when the baby was almost a year old. I know, manger scenes that we have, we have them all around there together. That's convenient, okay? That's not the biblical story. They come along later, And they basically provided gifts that were sold to finance their trip to Egypt. Pretty cool deal. But they weren't there. The only people who showed up to greet Mary, Joseph, and the baby were the shepherds. And they got the front row seats. They're used to being somewhere in the back or not even invited to the party. And they got an invitation to the front row. And it took courage for them to share what they had seen and experienced because it was probably for some of them the first time their testimony was ever believed. The amazement factor. The shepherds were passionate and courageous to speak and that spoke volumes to the people who heard their stories like, okay, these guys are different now. They're changed. There's something radically different about these boys. I mean, they're just not... I mean, they're all talking the same thing. They're all explain. They all saw the same thing. Not was this one guy who had a dream sleeping and woke up from a dream and convinced the others. No, they all saw, they all heard, they're all confirming. It's like, wow. That's what amazed people. The thing is, this encounter with the angels and then Mary, Joseph, and the baby, the shepherds found their voices... And they used them. This changed them forever. First and only people invited to that party. Which I think is pretty sweet. You ever feel like uh, you're not invited to the party? Do you ever feel like maybe you're marginalized? Nobody wants to hear what you have to say? Nobody cares about your voice? Know this, that your heavenly Father sees you. He hears you. He knows you. He loves you. And you definitely have an invitation to his party. Because that's what Christmas is every year we come around. We remember the party the shepherds were invited to. And all of us are invited to as well. And they were forever changed by that. And here's the thing. The guys who couldn't testify in court that nobody believed, their words and their is recorded in Holy Scripture, it's been around a little while, hasn't it? It's endured. And we get to read about that. That it encourages us to know God sees every one of us. Even... Even when we're doing something, a menial job, maybe we would consider. When nobody sees us, we feel like we're invisible sometimes. God's like, I see you. I want you to know how much I love you. I want you to know my son came for you. That's what he did for the shepherds that day. And that should be encouragement to us. That when we come, we're invited to that. And we're invited to celebrate that every year at Christmas time. Now, I don't know about you. Um, if you watch any of the Hallmark movies, you laugh, you laugh because I know you do. Sometimes they're just a good wholesome movie that's out there that doesn't have a lot of junk in it. You know what the problem is with Hallmark movies? (laughs) They're all the same. It's a pattern. (laughs) When my wife and I have watched, I'm like, okay, waiting for the kiss at three minutes before the end of the show. They're great flicks, they're fun to watch. But you know what's sad about Hallmark movies? There's never any mention about the birth of our Lord. It's all about love and family and getting together and reconnecting, building a new relationship, caring about others, sacrifices that way, which is all well and good. I'm not just dis- dis- dismissing that. Because that is a part of what we celebrate at Christmas time. I watched one the other night and I had some tears. And my wife says like, what do you got tears for? I'm sitting there and I couldn't speak for a while. I said, you know, I'm sitting here, I miss my folks. They've been gone 12 years now. I miss them. And I remember stuff we would do this time of year That's okay. But that's not the point of Christmas. The point of Christmas is that God invaded our planet to save every one of us and everyone who's outside of this place here tonight. Some who came on your trolley visit last night, you became a light to them. The point of Christmas is that Jesus came as the hope of the world almost like a beach invasion like a Normandy to come and set up a beachhead to establish that he was going to establish his kingdom. And it will be through his death, burial, and resurrection. He came to demonstrate the love of the Father. Father said he loved us. Jesus came to demonstrate what that love really looks like. You see the Shepherds were never the same again, I don't think. They went back to business tending sheep in those lonely fields, but they returned, says, glorifying and praising God for being invited and swept up in the greatest story ever told. Glorifying and praising God. You realize that's mentioned three times in this text? It's mentioned in the beginning, the angels, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and then after all the entourage of angels showed up, it says, glory to God. The shepherds were doing the same thing afterwards. Glorifying and praising God for what they had seen and been involved in. Do you do that? Do you glorify and praise God for what you've been invited to? A seat at the table? You've been invited to that party? to celebrate the birth of our Lord and to share it with everybody you come in contact with. Some of you are going to be with families and you have family members who do not know Christ. Holiday may be an opportunity for you to share a good word that might invite them to a very different kind of experience of Christmas, one that you've had in your relationship with Christ. This forever changed the the shepherds. And again, I say the, the irony of this is the often ignored and unseen back row shepherds had a front row seat to the coming of the Savior to save us all. I just love that part of the story. They were never the same. So here's the challenge. So the question is, as you leave tonight, will you return to your normal lives, spreading the word and glorifying and praising God for all you have seen and heard? Like those shepherds did. You'll go back to the normal things. You'll get up and go to work tomorrow. That's what I'll do too. But will you spread the word glorifying and praising the God for all you've seen and heard. You've seen it in His Word. You've heard it. Now, what are you going to do with it? That's a gift you've been given. And I pray that you'll be like the shepherds who were forever changed by that very first Christmas. That you spread the word, the good word about the greatest story ever, that a Savior has come, and will come again, and return for those who know and love Him. Let's pray, Father God. Thank you, thank you for sending angels to announce to shepherds uh, the 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 lower part of culture back then, the ones who were ignored or minimized thank you for sending those angels to scare them, but also to give them an opportunity to have the experience that would shake their lives forever. To see that little baby in a manger and to know that baby was the fulfillment of all the hope of Israel and the hope of all mankind. Not of course, knowing the full extent of what that would be, but this was a start of something really big. Thank you that you sent them. Thank you for the gift of life we have because we know the rest of that story. That Jesus was born to go to a cross to suffer and die for our sins and to save us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to trust you. And you've entrusted us with that message, Lord, and I pray that you might give each one of us courage and strength to take advantage of every opportunity to share spread that good word and to glorify and praise God for all you have done in and through us because we've prayed in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and our soon-coming Savior. Amen.